What's going on, y'all? You listening to the Zero Matrix Podcast, Episode 3. Uh, that's right, Episode 3, man. We still keeping this ball rolling. Um, today, we're going to be talking about my journey. Um, I'm going to take y'all through the timeline from the time I was born up until now. Y'all going to get to hear a lot of stories, a lot of things that I've been through, um, some secrets that, I, that I've experienced in my life that I haven't told anybody or just told a few people that were close to me at the time. Um, and I'm just going to take y'all through this, uh, through this experience that I've been through. Um, hopefully you guys get to see the full me. Like I said, I want to use this, uh, podcast as a vulnerability tool, as a therapeutic tool to help me vent and help me, you know, uh, get some of this stress off my mind. I've been going through it, man, bringing in the year 2022 and the, the, the wrong way, man, in all the wrong ways possible. So, um, I feel like this can be beneficial for myself and all, all my other listeners out there um, that's paying attention to these words and, and uh, life lessons. And we can, uh, you know, hopefully uh, use this to the to our benefits to make progress within our lives, you know, and uh, get to a place of a of a healthy mental state that we want to be at. So for today's sound of the day, we're going with the lady named Lady Blackbird, man. I'm going to play a couple songs by her. Uh, first song is gonna be called "Beware of the Stranger," man. I'm gonna play a couple songs just because that's just how I'm feeling today. Uh, I feel like this music is a uh, really a testament to how I be feeling, um, in the moment, and I like to express myself through music, man. I like to express myself through music. I used to write poetry, you know. I did a uh, free verse, um. So yeah, that, that's another thing that I used to do, and uh, we just gonna keep it going from there. For the people who don't wanna, you know, hear the, the two songs, you guys can just uh go go ahead and skip to the next segment of this podcast and listen from there um but this is for all the people who enjoy this part i'm gonna go ahead and uh, make it a little bit longer for y'all today so it's a little special first song uh it's called beware of the stranger lady blackbird here we go she's wanted dead or alive Distinguishing features, she got cold and shifty eyes. I said she's wanted, dead or alive. Distinguishing features, she got cold and shifty, shifty, shifty eyes. She'll lead you on with her words so soft and sweet. She'll rob you of your breath and then sweep you off your feet. She'll whine and die you, but you're the one to have to pay. And you'll never see her when she makes her getaway. So beware of a stranger lurking in your town. Like an actor in play, embezzled. 
Blackbird, y'all. Uh, first song, but wherever stranger. Second song is called Collages. Um, you guys can go look her up. Like I said, she's on all platforms: Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Um, I'm sure you can find her anywhere. Um, so yeah, uh, hopping straight into it, man. Uh, we get into today's episode, man. Before I get into anything in any, I just want to you know clarify some things and uh, make some things clear to y'all, man. In no way, shape, or form am I um, looking for any kind of empathy. Um, am I trying to hype up my issues? Uh, I completely understand that there's many, there's millions of people out there who have uh, worse situations than me. Um, worse setups than I have um, and been through a lot worse than I have but um, this podcast like I said is used for me to share my experiences um, and like I've repeated many times before I'm never going to talk on things that I haven't experienced myself I'm only going to uh, discuss things that I went through um, and that that's really all I, I can do that's really all I can ask for from, from other people as well um, I'm never going to ask anybody to give me advice on something that they never uh, went through or experienced themselves so I wouldn't do this same to y'all man so uh jumping straight into it um yeah man i had a pretty pretty eventful life man from the time i was born till now i would say um uh i'm trying to think about how we gonna do this if i'm just gonna bullet point all the things i went through or just uh talk about it like a story or you know just ran on uh, but I, I mean, where to start, man? When I was first born, I was born in San Diego, like I said, Fallbrook County. Um, my, my dad was in the military, so, uh, he, uh, we ended up, uh, staying over here in Port Wanimi, staying on base. And that's how we moved over here to Oxnard, man. My family was over here. My grandma, my grandma was over here. So basically my intermediate family, um, was living out here at the time and, uh, still are, they're still living out here. And, um, Oh, from what I hear, from what I see, from just, you know, home videos and people telling me who knew about him. Uh, my dad was a really great guy, man, especially hearing all the stories from my mom, uh, how much of a gentleman he was, uh, how much uh, I remind her of him and, you know, where I, where I get my, my characteristics from, you know, me being goofy and all that. Uh, she says she sees uh, him through me, man. I'm, I'm an exact replica of him. Um, you know, I of course, I can't know that for sure, but I, I trust you know, I trust what my mom says about my dad. And, you know, I've seen the videos, man. I've seen how he is. I've seen how he interacted with me. Um, and I also have my own uh, fond memories, a couple of them that I actually remember from the time that he was alive, man. Um, I'm, I was probably about three or four, but, you know, I still have those memories. Um, I have a pretty good memory, I would say. But um, he ended up passing away when I was four years old, going on five. Um, it was a car accident in 2001 during the time that Firestone was, uh, you know, having a lot of issues with their tires blowing up on people. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of people actually died in, in accidents from, from Firestone tires. And my dad just ended up being one of those people, man. Uh, he was on his way to Mississippi to go pick up my brothers and my stepbrothers and stepsisters so that they can come out here and, you know, spend some time with us and, uh, you know, enjoy California. And uh, on his way over there, and uh, I guess uh, his tires just blew up. 
uh, his tires blew up. The car flipped over six times from what the um, report said. And uh, if they, uh, I guess a truck driver had, um, you know, saw him laying out on the side of the road. His body was out. You know, he got thrown out the car. And uh, they had called the ambulance and 911, and that's how they came to, to, find, to find him, man. He was already dead on arrival. Um, and actually, uh, a few months back, um, sorry, also, if I get a little emotional during this time, man, y'all, y'all, please excuse me, man. Like I said, we're going to keep it real raw, raw, uncut, everything, man. So, uh, we, it's all real over here. It's all real emotions, real people, real human beings, man. So just bear with me and, uh, we're going to get through it together. Um, yeah, basically, uh, I had seen the, uh, the report for the first time and the pictures actually for the first time a couple months back in like, you know, September, I think August or September, uh, I had seen pictures of him, uh, laid out and then working on him. So that was my first time ever, you know, in my, in my entire life, seeing these pictures of him. Uh, my mom had hid it away from me, uh, for good reasons, you know, of course, um, she wouldn't want her son seeing pictures like that, you know, as we all wouldn't want our children to see pictures of our of our uh, parents laid out like that or, you know, lifeless. Uh, but when I looked at it, it was, it was pretty rough to look at, man. Like um, Growing up, I've always had this, this sense in the back of my head that I, I'm missing a piece of my life. I'm missing a, a foundational piece that, that I can really benefit from, uh, whether it be advice, support. Um, or just company, having my dad around or just being able to say the word dad, you know, in conversation to my friends or, or people that people around me, you know, just saying, oh, you know, my dad, my dad's going to pick me up or, you know, my, my dad's going to come or you guys want to come over. Let me ask my dad. You know what I mean? I just missed out on a lot of those opportunities. And uh, over time, it kind of just uh, doled out, you know, kind of just faded away Um, as I got older in my in my um, elementary school days, you know, I stopped thinking about it for a while, but in the beginning, it was pretty rough. You know, when it first happened, <clears throat> when it first happened, I was in school and they had pulled me out of school. My mom, you know, they had called my mom, the military uh, people, the <clears throat> and lieutenants or whoever, whoever it was that called my mom, uh, they gave her the bad news and they came and got me from preschool and pulled me out of school. And, you know, of course, during that time, I didn't know what was going on. I was so young at the time. Uh, so, you know, to me, I was just, you know, just where's my daddy at? Where's daddy? When's daddy coming home? This and that, you know, just disregarding the whole situation, um, and not seeing the, what actually was going on. And, uh, it caused a lot of pain within my family, um, especially mainly my mom. Um, she ended up going on, uh, and you know, all the, and before I say all this too, I would ask my listeners who are listening to these things that you guys would, that we would, we would keep all these things in house. You know what I mean? There's no reason to go gossiping and, and telling everybody my business, um, other than the ones who are actually listening to my podcast and take the time to uh, hear these things from me. So, I mean, out of respect for me, I would appreciate whoever is listening to this episode and, and listening to the things that I'm, I'm about to say, um, that you guys would just keep it to yourselves and, uh, you know, don't go gossiping or sharing this information to anybody. Uh, Cause it is my family and it is me, you know, that I'm opening up and being vulnerable with you guys. So um, I will very much appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, back to the story, man. Uh, my mom ended up being on, on uh, medication, heavy medication. Uh, we had to live with my grandma for a while, um, you know, while she got back on her feet. And I just remember back then, man, uh, my grandma used to hold me. She used to take me out into the porch and I would just be crying, bawling my eyes out every single night. Um, I think I cry every night for about a year or two, um, nonstop, literally every night. And, uh, 
that time must have been rough for my mom. I can only imagine. Um, and, you know, and my whole family as well, because they all loved them very much. Um, and ever since then, man, I, I never really cried, man. It seems like I cried out all my tears and I grew up my whole life, you know, uh, pretty emotionless, um, pretty, pretty uh, numb to death. Uh, you know, and, and that's just how it was for me. That's just, that's just how I ended up being. Um, so, you know, fast forward from that, uh, my mom ended up getting a house around the corner from, from my grandma and I never really grew up in the streets, man. I had a pretty decent living. I, I lived in a good neighborhood, was raised in a good neighborhood around great people, great friends, neighbors, everything, man. All you guys over in my childhood, if you guys are listening to it, um, you guys know how fun it was. We had a, we had a fun, fun, we had the ideal childhood that you can possibly have, man. Uh, all of us lived on the same street. All of us knew each other's house. We were able, we were welcomed in everyone's house. Everyone's home was open. It wasn't like it was today. You know, there was a lot more trust and less crazy people around. So everybody had an open home to everybody on the same street. You know, we had block parties, barbecues, everything. Um, all of us, all the kids would take turns spending the night at each other's house. Man, it was just a great time growing up. And, um, I say that to say, uh, a lot of people misread, um, people's uh, lives man i yes i had a good life and yes we lived in a in a nice fairly big house but that was all at the expense of my dad's death you know if my dad would have never died uh, we would have never sued firestone and got the the millions of, of dollars that we that we got from that company and, and able to live such a comf comfortable life uh not to mention the, the money and the pension coming in from my dad because he was still active military so my mom really didn't have to work at all man she, i mean she, it, it was a it was a, a pretty good set up at a at a fair fairly uh i would say a destructive cost you know what i mean i would much rather live in any kind of environment as long as i would have my dad with me um but yeah we we got to live a comfortable life at the cost of my dad's death man and and a lot of people never knew that not a lot of people uh didn't know that about me and um i i, I also didn't know it growing up too i'll be honest with you like i you know, I got comfortable with the life as a child would be. You know, I didn't know anything about finances or what was actually really going on behind closed doors or how we were able to live so good. All I, all I knew is that I missed my dad and uh, I wanted my dad to be around. And the older I got, I understood a lot more. You know what I mean? So uh, during that time, uh, I, I developed a close, close relationship with my granddad. Um, he was uh, pretty much the last male left. Uh, it was just me and him that were the only boys in the family. And I developed a pretty close relationship with him, man. I got real close with him, tight knit. Um, I love my grandpa, man. He was a funny guy. Anybody that knew him knew that he was he was crazy, but he was funny, man. <laughs> uh, if anybody was crazy, it was my grandpa, man. But he was a character. Um, everybody loved to be around him. Um, and he ended up passing away uh, when I was in fifth grade, and uh, he passed away due to certain conditions. Um, and it was a slow, peaceful death in the hospital. Uh, we had all the, all our friends and family was around him. And uh, that took another toll on me because that left me with being the only male in the family. Now, at this time, I'm thinking, man, like, uh, we must have a curse in this family where it's just all the men have to die. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, my grand, my great granddad had just passed away. Um, some uncles had just passed away in Florida. Um, and it just seems like all the male were, were just, uh, you know, getting picked off one by one. So I was basically, since from fifth grade up, I was raised by all women, man. My grandma, my auntie, and my mom, the strongest woman that I know. You know, I call them the three-headed dragon, man. It, 
it's uh it's pretty much uh if you guys could think about full house where all the men raised the children uh it was it was it was exactly like full house man except it was women where all the women raised us and uh it uh you know they 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 set some it was, they set some ground rules and some good foundational pieces and within me and all of us as, as kids uh they did their best to raise us and they did a really good job at it and we had a pretty nice lifestyle man um i've had a lot of deaths in my family at one point we had about no exaggeration seven deaths in our family within one week it seems like we were getting a call every day about somebody that just died uh we went to a funeral in florida to go uh you know, bury my, my grandma's mom, my great grandma. And when we got back, we got another call that somebody had just passed away as soon as we got back, man. So we were dealing with that too as well. And, um, you know, just growing up, uh, I was a very, very, uh, hot headed, angry kid. I lashed out a lot. Um, but I was also a really good kid, man. But I had my moments where, you know, I just, I, I had a short temper, um, in short to say I had a short temper and a lot of people knew that about me. Um, but you know, for the most part, uh, things were pretty good growing up all the way up until, um, you know, high school, high school is when I, I got into my first relationships and everything. And as I'm telling these stories, excuse me, as I'm telling these stories, I'm not going to name any specific names. There's no reason to, to name any specific names. These people know who they are. Um, they know what we've been through together. Um, I'm not the type of person to out people. I know I'm being open and vulnerable, but that doesn't mean I'm going to put anybody else's name out there with it um, and attach that to them and, and, you know, put their business out like that. Um, everything I'm saying is just going to be pertained to me, man, in my story. Um, so, yeah, man, my first relationship was pretty crazy. Um, ended up being in a relationship with this with this girl and. She held suicide over my head, man. Every time, you know, I would try to, the relationship would get rocky and I would try to, you know, step away from it. She would tell her, she would tell me she was going to kill herself, man. And, and that made me stay in that relationship a little bit longer than I, than I intended to. Um, and that, that kind of messed with me too. Cause you know, that's my first relationship. You know what I mean? As, as a, as a person, as a man, as a boy, that's my first relationship I got introduced to. So it was pretty heavy. Um, second relationship that I had, the very next one, man, I got cheated on. She cheated on me multiple times, uh, with multiple people. And, uh, that took a heavy, heavy toll on my trust issues because before, I hate to say it, I was Captain Saver, man. I, I was always, I was that guy that, that felt like I can change people. Uh, felt like I had the, the energy, uh, strong enough aura around me that maybe they'll rub off on them and they'll, they'll uh, you know, change their ways. Or I saw something in people that, that people didn't see. I was, I was that guy, man. And, uh, for the most part in this relationship, she did end up being, um, uh, uh, a better person. You know what I mean? I saw, I seen it from my own eyes from the time then till now, um, watching, you know, from afar, uh, she grew into a, a, a really nice, a really nice lady, man, a really responsible, good head on her shoulders. She's, she found her pocket, found her rhythm in life. Um, and she's doing good, man. And I love her family to death. Uh, love her family to death. Um, we ended up having an abortion, man. Um, the first time, uh, I ever had that kind of thing happen to me or, or a real life lesson like that happen to us. Um, we ended up, she ended up getting pregnant and we were, we were scared to death, man. I, I still didn't tell my mom to this day. She still doesn't know. Um, you guys listen or you guys know this before my mom, she still doesn't know that we had an abortion in high school and I told my grandma about it and she helped me uh, pay for it because we, we decided, you know, not to have the baby. 
um and that that uh itself uh man it was pretty rough um a lot of things about me no matter what i go through or or i've been through i have a tendency to suppress things and and try to move on because uh like i said on the last episode i'm an impulsive person so if i just uh let things sit with me and let and soak in things um i tend to have a uh uh internally destructive personality for myself you know uh i like to hurt myself and do things like that um which i did in high school uh i used to cut myself a lot man i used to uh be in my room and get knives and pen pins and needles and whatever i can find i was sharp um i used to dig in my skin man and cut myself uh whenever i was mad or angry or going through it in a relationship um because i was the type of person that i i'm not a bully i would never hurt people i would never you know uh bully anybody or or anything like that but yeah i need some type of outlet some type of um uh source where i can let my my stress and my anger out so i ended up doing that on myself man who else who else better but to do it than myself you know to me it was acceptable because in my head i was thinking you know i'm not hurting anybody i'm just hurting myself you know what i mean i'm giving myself permission to hurt myself so it must be okay to do and uh that's what i kept doing man for a while i mean all these scars on my arm i used to have to come up with <laughs> Man, I used to have to come up with a lot of different stories, man. When people would see him, I would say stupid things like a dog attacked me or I fell in a bush and got scraped up and this and that. And uh, some some of the people would have believed it. And I could see some of them were just like, right, you kind of you kind of BSing right now. Um, but they never, you know, to their credit, they never uh, pursued that conversation and, and kept badgering at it and keep asking me, like, you know, like what was really going on, which I really respected and, and liked at that time. Um but maybe I did need somebody to, to slap me up and tell me, yo, like, are you okay? Or what what are you doing? Cause this is not okay right now. Um, uh, so yeah, man, I, I have, I have about over 20, 20 scars on each side of my arm. I got cuts on my chest, my stomach, um, deep, deep cuts, man. They still here to, to this day. Um, you know, brightest day you can see them. Uh, I have protruding skin whenever I, I cut myself, my skin likes to protrude out and you know, it's like a 3d, 3d print to it, 3d look to it. Um, so yeah, man, if you guys looked at my body and you can still see the scars today and, uh, I was a big, big cutter, man, big cutter. Um, I would put on some, some, uh, crazy music and, you know, go to work, go to town on myself. And that wasn't healthy at all, man. I, that wasn't healthy. That wasn't the place to be. Um, I put myself in a demonic state of mind, a, a demon state of mind and in a dark place, um, which I, I should have never went through, but you know, should have, could have, would have, uh, what happened happened. And I ended up, uh, growing from that, you know, I stopped doing that, um, you know, cut to college. Uh, I ended up getting out of that relationship and I got into a whole new relationship in college, man, a whole new world. Um, and this is the one that just, uh, sent me spiraling down the wrong path, man. Um, it just sent me on, on a rail. Uh, so I got into this relationship with this girl, um, and previous before me, she had a relationship with a guy about five years, five years, which is a pretty long time. You know what I mean? And being in this relationship, she would always talk about him and bring him up. And in the beginning, it was cool because, you know, I try to be understanding. I'm like, OK, you've been with this guy for five years. uh, So, you know, I, I I'm just going to hang back and respect it and, and let you talk about him. But after a while, it got to a point where we're like, OK, um, we need to we need to cut this out because he still doesn't know that you're with me. You know what I mean? And. 
come to find out, long story short, uh, she was still talking to him and uh, cheating on me with him. And that that took a toll on me big time, big time, because I went to college by myself, man, new new person, new friends, everything, everything around me was new. Everybody was new around me. Uh, the environment was new to me. I was up in uh, I went to Cal. I went to Cal Lutheran, you know, I was up in Westlake area, uh, you know, Oxnard boy up, up in that area. You, you guys can know that's a big difference. Um, and I just felt. I felt ass out, man. I felt like I was just by myself and alone up there. Even though I had great friends, man. Shout out to, uh, to Ty and, uh, you know, Chris and, and, um, all them dudes over there, man. Shout out to all them. Um, and Tristan, all them and Alex. I had a lot of great people around me over there, man, that I met. And it just, I still just felt alone, man. My whole life, no disrespect to anybody that I met. My whole life, I felt alone, man. I felt like, you know, not everybody stays around in my life. So why bother, you know, making that effort to to connect with anybody? And that's on me. That's on me, man. That's my fault. I, I didn't really give anybody a chance, um, you know, no matter what I would say to them or, or how it looked on the outside. Um, I never really gave people a chance for me to connect with them. Man, and uh, that that uh, that messed me up. It messed me up in the long run. And I wouldn't advise that for anybody, man. I, I would advise now looking, you know, looking back in hindsight, I would tell people, like, give people a chance. No matter how many times you've been hurt, that next person could be the one. But you could also miss out on that next person if your if your wall is up and, you know, you, they could pass you by. and You might never get that. You might never get that chance with them. You never know. Um, but it is easier said than done, man. It's a hard thing to get hurt. You know, and your heart broken and broken down and then have to do that, that process all over again. The trusting, the uh, believing, um, it's, it's a hard thing to do because you don't want to go through that pain again. But that's what life is about, man. Life is about pain. That's it. Life is not uh, sugarcoat candies and rainbows, man. Life is pain. And the way that we respond to pain is, is how, uh, you know, we're going to be judged on. It's, it's how our character is going to be judged on. You know what I mean? I always tell people. Never judge yourself when things are going good. Always judge yourself when things are going bad, because that's a real testament to, to who you are as a person. You know what I mean? And um, that's just how it is. That's that's how it's always been from the test of time. Uh, so, yeah, man, going back to that story, uh, I ended up, you know, falling out, man. I ended up uh, ghosting everybody from that school. Uh, I came back home. Uh, cause my mom was also having financial problems and, uh, I had to come back home and work and I, I went to work, put my head down and went to work. Um, but I had a lot of stress on me, man. I had this stress of being cheated on and disrespected and my mom having financial problems. I felt like I had to be the, I was the breadwinner pretty much, um, you know, paying bills and things. And at this time, I think I was like age 20, 21. And, uh, I started working, man, just work, 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 work. Uh, my schedule literally would look like I would, you know, I would go to sleep. I had to wake up at 3 a.m. Um, I go to work, open up at 5 a.m. You know what I mean? Um, and I worked four jobs, man. So I would go to my first job at 5 a.m. I would get off around one o'clock. Um, after that, I would work out for a little bit and then go to my, uh, I was a, a, I was a coach, pretty much a volunteer coach. I didn't get paid. Um, so I would go over there to the school, coach my kids. You know what I mean? We had practice. I would rush back because I was also the intramural, um, the intramural, uh, I forgot what they call it, man. But I, I pretty much ran all the, all the sports leagues on base. So I would go back over there and run the sports leagues, man, and do what I had to do, um, until around nine o'clock. 
Uh, once nine o'clock hit, I worked that subway until closing. Um, and I wouldn't get off work until 12, 1230, 1 a.m., man. And so I would, I would come home and just repeat that every single day, man. I would repeat that schedule. And eventually it caught up with me, uh, cause what happened was I was driving, you know, on my day off, I was just driving up to, um, the mall in, in, uh, Thousand Oaks. What do they call that mall? Anyway, it's the Thousand Oaks Mall. I was driving over there, Oaks Mall. Um, I was driving up the grade and I had a heart attack, had a heart attack at the age of 21. And, uh, the best way I can explain it, or if you guys want a descriptive, uh, descriptive image of what had happened step by step, I was driving up the grade past Camarillo for those of you guys who know the great, what the grade is. And I was, I got to the middle part of the grade driving up the mountain. Um, my lips started getting numb and started tingling and it was a weird feeling. Cause I'm like, you, you know, yo, like what's going on here? Um, my lips started tingling. My fingers was tingling. Uh, you know, my eyesight was getting, uh, blurry. Everything seemed like it was, uh, vibrant, very bright. And, uh, I, I pulled over and, you know, as soon as I pulled over, my heart started pounding out of my chest, man, pounding, beating, beating, beating. And it felt like my chest was going to rip open, man. And I panicked. So by the grace of God, I still cannot tell y'all this day how I did it. But by the grace of, by the grace of God, man, I got back in my car and I was able to finish driving up the hill and I got off of a windy drive. I believe it was onto the gas station. You know, the first exit that you get off of uh, when you get up the grade and I hit that gas station in the corner and I was able to crawl my way into the, the gas station, the store. And the clerk had saw me, man. And right away, they, uh, all thanks, all love to him. Right away, he called 911. Um, that's probably what saved my life, to be honest. So when he called 911, um, the ambulance that came, um, I was already fading out. And, uh, I blacked out in the, in the ambulance, man. The last thing I saw was my heart rate was at 199. My pulse was at 199, man. And, uh, I blacked out and I was around like 3.30 PM. Uh, cut to later that night, I woke up at like eight o'clock, um, in the Los Robles hospital, you know, with tubes in me. Um, I was by myself. My phone was dead. Um, I didn't know what was going on, you know what I mean? Doctors and nurses and, and people were coming in, in and out of the room, uh, telling me things I was coming to, man. And, uh, that night I was supposed to meet up with some of my friends, man. We were supposed to hang out that night. Uh, so that was probably, so I had some text message. I finally got my, my charge. Somebody, one of the nurses gave me their charger and I was able to charge my phone. And, uh, I text my friends. I told them what had happened and, you know, they let my mom know. So my mom raced up, you know, drove up to the hospital, uh, to come and see me. And, you know, she was worried out of her mind. Um, and yeah, man, I, before she got there, when I was in the room and like, you know, finally came to realization of where I was at and what was going on. I broke down and started crying, man. Just as I've never felt so alone, so alone in my life. Um, I never felt so vulnerable. I never felt so naked. Uh, I just felt alone, man. Um, there was nobody around me, no loved ones around me, no family, friends, nothing. It was literally just me in a gown. Man, I don't even know how they got my clothes off, but it was just me in a, in a hospital gown with tubes in my arm waking up. Uh, and the last thing I remember was my, I was in the ambulance. So that's just how it went. Um, before all that happened from in between the time that I left college and to my heart attack, I was going through some pretty dark times, man. Um, 
I was pretty much just uh, doing any and everything, uh, just trying to fill the void in my heart, trying to fill the void in my my uh, my soul, pretty much, with with uh, devilish things, man. And when I talk about devilish things, I mean devilish things. I was smoking heavy, uh, you know. I was smoking whole whole blunts to myself, you know, facing them, and uh, I I would be dri- <clears throat> I would be driving to the park late at night. Uh, you know, playing some, some weird devil music, uh, literally trying to talk to, to the devil, man. I was literally saying his name, trying to talk to the devil, uh, trying to, trying to just get any kind of response or reaction or just anything, man. I felt numb and emotionless and, you know, just not human. And I was doing this night in and night out, night in and night out, um, you know, trying to talk to him. And at one point, one night i I kid you not, I looked in the mirror one night when I came home. I was super, super faded, super high. I came home and I looked in the mirror and I was staring at myself. You know, I was just staring at myself. And during that time, I had something weird happen. I had got lost in my eye. You know, I don't know if anybody's ever tried it. Excuse me, that's nasty. I don't know if anybody's ever tried it, but um, when you stare at yourself and look at yourself uh, eye to eye, you can literally get lost in your, your pupils. You can get lost in, in your eyes. And that's what happens to me. It feels, it felt like I, I fell through a black hole staring at myself. You know what I mean? And, uh, as soon as I felt that, I felt a, a thump on my forehead. And immediately, for some reason, my mind went straight to that Satan. You know, Satan is here. Satan got you back. And I just went into a, a completely different mode, man. It seems like any and everything that I wanted, I was getting. Um, anybody that I wanted to have sex with, it seems like I, I got it and I had sex with them. Um, it seems like I was, uh, you know, more attractive to women, my appeal, my energy, my aura. It just seems like, uh, you know, Satan provided for me exactly what I asked for. Um, and not to say that that's what I needed because that's not what I needed at all, but he provided me what I asked for. Satan's always going to give you what you ask for and not what you need. He's always going to get you what, give you what you want and not what you need. Um, and a lot of people need to understand that when you're getting everything that you want and it seems like life is rolling and you in a rhythm, sometimes that's not God's blessings that's happening to you. Sometimes that's, that's Satan giving you all those blessings to distract you from the real problems in your life. You know what I mean? And that to me, I, I talk about that from personal experience. Um, to me, I felt like everything was going good. Uh, you know, my life was up. I was doing everything I wanted to do, uh, having great conversations with people, uh, meeting a lot of new people, hanging out, hanging out with the wrong crowd, hanging out with a lot of uh, people that I really wouldn't be normally be hanging out with, going to parties, going to this and that, doing all these other things. You know, I was going, like I mentioned in my Instagram story, I was going to massage parlors. Um, you know, I was getting hand jobs from, from everything, man. I was blowing my money, blowing my money on sex, blowing my money on porn. Um, any and everything, man. And that kind of desensitized me from, uh, you know, having any kind of real feelings for, for women. You know what I mean? Basically, I just saw women as uh, sex objects, man. And, and that's exactly what happened. And the, like I said, the woman that I wanted, I ended up nine times out of 10, I ended up getting, man. And, and that's what we exactly what we did. We had sex um, and all, all that the whole nine, man. And to me, that was the illusion that, that Satan had put me in. Satan had put me in this illusion that everything's going good. So why bother changing it? And it it and things did not change for me until I had that heart attack. That heart attack for me was a sign from God, man. It was a slap in my face from God to tell me to switch it up. 
You know what I mean? Because as soon as I had that heart attack, man, everything changed. I was after that heart attack, I started going to the beach. Um, I started listening to more peaceful music, more melody, more uh, melodic music. I was writing a lot more. My creativity was a lot better. My mind and, and my uh, internal thoughts felt a lot freer and a lot fresh, a lot more fresh. Um, and I felt more at peace with myself. You know, I was able to go to Universal Studios by myself. I was able to go to all these places by myself. I was loving myself a lot more. Um, I got into the gym and that's the first time that I actually started actually working out and hitting the weights. Before then, I was just playing basketball and hooping. Um, I didn't know anything about the weight room, man. I didn't know not, I didn't know anything from dumbbells to, to squats to nothing, man. I was a newbie. And I was able to get myself in the gym and that started becoming my, uh, my outlet, my, my source that I, that I, uh, I would go to a lot. And that saved me from, from a lot of things, man. It saved me from being in the streets. Um, it saved me from doing what I was doing before. It put more money in my pocket because I wasn't blowing it on stupid things. And, uh, that put me in a, a better mood, man. And I was, things were going good. Things were going real good. You know what I mean? And, uh, I take, I take, I take it to heart whenever uh, my family is hurting. You know what I mean? My mom hasn't been dating. My mom hasn't dated anybody for, since the time that my dad died. I mean, for her, me watching that as, as a kid growing up, she's, she's the pedestal. She's, she's what I, I compare women to when I, I get into relationships with them. Uh, she's the ultimate, uh, role model for, for that, man. Cause she, she has the most, the most loyalty I've seen a woman have. You know what I mean? Not, not many women out there can, can, uh, do that. Not, not many women out there will put their son or their kids before them, um, and talk good, uh, talk good about their, their partner to their kids like that day in and day out. She will always tell me how great my dad was, man. She will always tell me what my dad did for her, uh, how my dad would never let her open the door, how he always had to open the door for her before she got into the car, um, how he always brought her home, different things. And, and uh loved her the way that he loved her and how he always uh you know rejected and denied women in front of her women that would just blat flat out blatantly disrespect my mom in her face and would be flirting with my dad while I was in the club. He would tell him off. Um all all out of respect for her. You know what I mean? My dad was the ultimate gentleman. My dad was the ultimate guy, the ultimate man. Uh he would blat he would flat out cuss him out and, and uh you know reject him and diss him right in front of my mom because he wasn't playing that. He wasn't having none of that. You know, that's his woman, that's his queen. Um how dare her come and try to try to get in between that, you know what I mean? And that's what I that's what I uh base my my um my ideologies from when it comes to relationships and being in relationships with women. And that's ten times out of ten why I I hold the women with whoever I'm in a relationship with. That's why I hold them up to a, a certain, uh, you know, pedigree because I know, I know the capabilities of a woman. I know, I know what's possible. I know what, what kind of women are out there. And, uh, that's what I want for myself, man. That's what I want for my future kids, for my future family. Um, and that's what I want, want just in general, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, going back to my mom, man, she's been through so much, so much things, so many things. And, and for me not to uh, aspire to what I, I, I wanted to be or, uh, you know, live up to my expectations that people had for me. Um, growing up, I always said I was going to take care of my mom. I was going to do this and do that. Um, and you see a lot of a lot of people out there who do that and, and uh, it motivates you and inspires you. But they don't they don't tell you the millions of people who don't 
you know, get that chance. They don't tell you the, the people who fell at that and what it's like. And I failed at that. You know, I, I wasn't able to give my mom that that uh that better life. Um, I put more stress on her life, and, and that's not a good feeling for me, man. That's not a good feeling for for me as her son. Um, so I was dealing with that heavy, man. I, I felt like a failure. I felt like a loser. Everything, man. And you know, the whole time, I was all I was always trying to keep it together. You know, um, I was always you know the jokester, the guy who brings the life to the party, the guy who's a uh, you know, breaks the ice, you know, uh, just anything, man. I was, like I said, I was a perfect advice giver. Everybody who gives perfect advice are usually the people who are going through it the worst, man, because they've been through it, but they just can't help themselves. So they figure I'll just help other people. You know what I mean? So always look out for that where people who feel like you, they give good advice to you, make sure that they're okay too. You know what I mean? Um, do that with anybody in your life. Um, but yeah, man, she ended up getting a boyfriend which she, she, you know, she fell hard for it real hard. And, and, you know, you know, of course, in the beginning, um, I was too, I was too, I was a little skeptical of it, but I ended up, you know, liking him and, and long story short, he ended up passing away. And I felt really bad for my mom, man. I even cried when he passed away. I felt bad for her cause she's just been, you know, single mom growing up. She's, she's been going through it, uh, staying strong. It felt like she had to, you know, it felt like she had to stay strong for, for good reasons. But, you know, it was about time that she can, she can relax herself. You know what I mean? It's about time that, you know, she can go through life and have somebody take care of her for a change. You know what I mean? And that's what I really wanted for her. Um, and for him to just pass away and she be stripped away from that so quick. I thought it was, I thought it was unfair, man. I thought it wasn't right at all. Oh man. Yeah, man. And now to these recent times, I'm, I'm going through it hard. I'm dealing with, uh, not being able to see my son. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm mad, man. I'm angry. I'm pissed off. I'm sad. I'm hurt. Um, I'm just, I'm going through it. I'm down bad. As they like to say, down bad. Um, and I'm just hurting, man. I'm hurting really bad from going to see my son every single day to cold turkey, not seeing him at all. Um, all I can see is, uh, the pictures that I have on my phone of him. And, uh, it's rough. It's real rough. I wouldn't wish this uh, on my, on my worst enemy, man. Um, but, I, you know, I hear the, the words of encouragement that people are telling me, keep my head up, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, keep pushing them and fight for them. Um, but right now I'm just in a recharging state, man. I got to gather myself. I got to I got to um, I got to take some time and be patient and gather myself because my mind is not in the right place at all. You know what I mean? I, I'm I'm not doing OK. You know, a lot of people is is eat. It's common for us to say, I'm fine. I'm okay, man. I'm that person. I was that person, but I'm not doing okay, man. I'm hurting real bad. And, you know, I, I express myself on Instagram. Like everybody saw it. Um, but I really don't care, man. I, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. What can I say? Um, and it's just been rough, man. It's just been rough. It seems like as soon as I get out of a storm, another storm hits me. And it's like, man, like I know they, they got the saying that God gives his, his toughest battles to his toughest, his toughest soldiers. But I'm at the point where I'm just feeling like, uh, what's the point, man? What is my purpose here? Like, what's going on here? As many of us are, 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 uh, you know, right to believe so, but. Uh, it's, 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 it's a hard one, man. It's a, it's a real hard one. I miss my son. I miss my son, man. And, and this is the last thing that I wanted to happen. Um, I expressed to my, my ex that, you know, 
if I ever were to have kids or, you know, let alone a son, um, I want to be there every step, every step of the way, every, every second of the day, I want to be there for him. I told her, you know, I told a lot of people, I want my dad to live vicariously through me, you know, as I raised my son, because he didn't get a chance to do that. He died when I was four. Um, so if, if God blesses me with enough time to be alive, long enough to watch my son grow up i would like to be there and you know be a part of that so that you know my dad can enjoy that as well um and i can just be a vessel and you know um everybody wins but uh, that's what i'm dealing with right now man it's a tough thought to know that i i you know the past five days i'm never gonna get that back i know it's just five days but to me five days are forever i can die tomorrow um you know anybody can die tomorrow anybody can die whenever i can die tonight uh we just don't know so for me time is very precious um i, I don't take time lightly man every day is it's it's uh eating at me every day is uh it's a stomach turner i can't eat can't sleep um and I just, it sucks that I know I'm not going to get that time back, man. That's, that's the worst of it. I know it's, I know it's not, it's not coming back. I missed out on all of that, man. And it's just been lonely nights, man. Lonely, quiet nights. And what can I say? Uh, that's just what it is. And, uh, that's just me, man. And, you know, moving on, move forward into the lighter part of this, this, uh, conversation. I say all of that to say, uh, you know, you just got to keep the ball rolling, man. Be, be your, uh, be your own source of strength. Be your own source of love. Uh, be your own source of, of, uh, compassion and empathy and, uh, you know, comfort. You know what I mean? You got to be comfortable with yourself to, to have, like I, I spoke about it in my previous episode. You got to be comfortable enough with yourself to be foundational that. So when a storm do comes your way, uh, you're not being, you know, swayed and blown every which way, man. You, you can stay grounded. You can stay 10 toes down. Um, and you can weather that storm until you get out of it. But trust and believe, man. If another storm comes right after the next one, uh, you gotta hit that storm and, and attack and, and uh, you know, attack it head on. And uh, that's the only way you're gonna get through it, man. Um, life is not gonna stop for anybody. Life is just gonna keep going, and uh, we gotta accept that as human beings and, and uh, people being a part of this this uh, journey. Yeah, I've been through a lot of stuff, but I got, like I said, man, I'm a king. I'm a, I'm a lion, man. I, I've been through battles, man. I have my battle scars to prove it, man. I got my badges. Um, I got my licks. I took my, my pain, man. And, uh, I'm going to keep fighting, man. I'm going to keep being strong. I'm going to keep being a, a testament of somebody who can, who can, uh, come out of things on top. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to fight for my son. I'm going to continue to fight for myself, my family, my, my loved ones, my close ones, um, everybody in my pack. I'm going to keep fighting, man. And I encourage all you guys who are listening out there to do the same. Uh, just fight, 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 man. And don't give up. There's no reason to give up. You know what I mean? We can't let Satan win. And if you don't believe in Satan and God, we can't let evil win, man. Everybody knows there's good and evil, man. When it comes down to it, when you break it down to the core, uh, don't let, don't let evil win, man. Fight, 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 man. And that's what you gotta do. You just attack it. Um, again, my name is DeAndre. Um, you listen to the Zero Matrix podcast. This has been episode three. We almost hit the hour mark. Uh, it's been a long one. Um, I'm just gonna cut it short, stop it here. And, um, you know, hopefully y'all continue to listen and, uh, you know, grow on this journey with me. Um, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I'm doing the best that I can. Um, but just know that I'm not going to give up. Uh, just understand that I need some time to, to grieve. I need some time to regather myself. Uh, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta train the troops up again, man. I gotta train the troops up and get ready to go back to war. You know what I mean? And we go on to war.
You know what I mean? We going we going to the war of wars. There's a spiritual war out here. We going to a war. You know what I mean? It's it's battle time. Everybody got to get ready, get their armor ready, get their steel, their swords, all that. It's battle time. We going, man. It's go time. You know what I mean? And we not going to stop. You know, when we face the enemy, we not going to stop. Because guess what? The enemy is not going to stop when it faces us. So we going to attack the enemy just like they're going to attack us. And we going to come out on top every single time, man, moving forward. All you guys out there that got issues, got got problems going on in life, Satan can't win. You know what I mean? He he can't win and he's not going to win, man. And that's just what it is. You, I want y'all to look look him looking right in his face and tell him, "Look, man, I love you. You ain't going to get the best of me, but I got to uh, I got to overcome you and I got to I got to defeat you." You know what I mean? I got to put you under my foot and keep stepping. I'm a big step around here and I'm going to keep stepping through this life like our own life. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep stepping through this life with full confidence like I belong here because we all belong here. You know what I mean? We was put on this earth for each other. You know, we was put on this earth to love each other. We was put on this earth not to hate each other, not to bring each other down. You know what I mean? We're not put on this earth to, to be divided, to go against each other, to argue. We put on this earth so that we can help each other and raise each other up. You know, this is the Babylon. This is the new Roman Empire. We're the new Sparta. You know what I'm saying? We're the new Greeks. Everything that we do is in, in, in the power and grace of ourselves and of God and uh, and the powers to be. But everything that we do, we do it together, united, no matter what it is. You know, stand with your brother, stand with your sister, your mother, your daughter, your father your grandparents your cousins your friends your colleagues your co-workers your employers all that no matter who it is we all equal and we all gonna fight this war together this war not gonna get us and we gonna fight 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 and that's what it is man this is zero matrix podcast episode three and we gonna keep it going man fight why do you want to fight what you talking about i just told you why no you didn't donnie why do you want to fight i get why they want to fight you i know what they're fighting for what about you Listen to me, you got everything to lose. He's got nothing to lose. When a fighter ain't got nothing to lose, he's dangerous. Always one.